Hello, hello. Welcome to Holy Girl University. It's your girl, Amina Fuller. And whether you're a baby Christian, you've been in the church your whole life, or you've never known Jesus, I want to help empower and equip you to grow in your faith, be confident on your walk, and be the light in this world that Jesus calls you to be. So grab a journal, an ice latte, and a Bible because class is in session at Holy Girl University. One of my favorite practices is writing letters to Jesus. So today we're going to start out with an excerpt from my journal. That was the inspiration for today's episode. It starts out like this. Dear Jesus, I've been told so many things from so many trusted sources, but there is only one truth. I'm sorry for turning to these people before I turn to your word. We can't look at people as an, as an example to follow because we can only have one shepherd. People are imperfect. They make mistakes, but you, Jesus, are perfect. Please guide me into all truth. Give me verses to meditate on, please, God, and answer my questions. In Jesus' name, amen. So, very short, but I, and then I had some questions for God. Um... And I rem- I remember that as I finished writing these questions, Jeremiah 33.3 came to mind. And Jeremiah 33.3 in the AMP version says, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you and even show you great and mighty things, things which have been confined and hidden, which you do not know and understand and cannot distinguish. So I'm like, okay, well, there God goes, answering one of my requests immediately, which is to give me a verse to meditate on. Okay, so a little story time. Um, When I first came to the faith, and when I would be going through a hard time, whether it's spiritual warfare or just a tough time in my life, I would always turn to people before I turned to the Lord. And I don't necessarily mean like secular people, like bad relationships. Like I would turn to good people. But the thing is, is that they became idols before God. So you guys, if you're looking to any relationship or thing, material thing, to give you what only God can give you, That thing is an idol in your life. And that greatly displeases God. I do the same things when I had questions. Like, I would be like, oh, you know, like, I wonder, like, this, like, 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 you know, like, like, I'd have some big questions. And instead of turning to the Word of God, which I was reading, it's not like I wasn't reading my Bible. I would read my Bible. But when I would be wondering things, I didn't have faith that the Lord could speak to me and that he could answer and that, he, that I could have a relationship with him directly. So I would have to go to others and basically like eat from their plate. Now, there's nothing wrong with learning from other people and, you know, like hearing their teachings as long as we are doing a couple of things. As long as we know that, you know, you need to know that whoever you're listening to is, is like a sound teacher, you know what I mean? Because 
unfortunately, unfortunately, we have, you know, false prophets. And also, unfortunately, we have confused people sometimes who shouldn't be teaching. And thankfully, I didn't deal with anyone like this, necessarily. Um, but sometimes, with fundamental things, like salvation, um, they contrasted each other on their beliefs, or deliverance ministries. And then like, I had to take it on my own hands to be like, you know what, like, let me find out what the Lord says about this. Because my sources are not reliable right now because they're contradicting with each other. And instead of going to, instead of going to them, I'm just going to go straight to the source. I think I'm going to title this ep- episode, Stop Hitting Up Your Idols and Read the Bible. Because y'all, okay. I, before I started moving in the prophetic, I started, um, I had a lot of prophetic people around me. I had prophetic people around me, and literally, I would seek these people before I sought God. And now that I am moving in the prophetic, I hear the voice of the Lord, and I have people who know that I am, and know that I hear God, and know that I am a trustworthy source, and so they will come to me before they come to God. And I have to tell these people who I love very much, I have to tell them, I say, y'all, it doesn't say seek first your friends and then all will be provided to you. It says seek first the kingdom of heaven. Matthew six thirty three, right? So we're supposed to seek first God in all situations because he's first in our life, right? Like God is the first in our ranking. So like you're going to hit up your best friend before you hit up your coworker, right? Like like if you got if you get broken up with the first person that you're going to hit up is not like, you know, some like like a 62-year-old woman who you know is 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 a nice coworker at like Chick-fil-A. Like no, like you're going to hit up your best friend because they are the highest and they are first on your priority list. So, we know that, like, basically, when you squeeze olives after it goes through that process in order to get olive oil, I'm like, I'm half Arab, I should know this. But when you squeeze olives, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Grandma. <laughs> when, you, when you squeeze olives, eventually, after whatever process they have to undergo, you're going to get olive oil, right? So, when you're squeezed... When you're squeezed, like, basically what is inside of you will come out. And often when you're squeezed, your first resort shows what your idol is. So if immediately when you, you, when you lose your job, the first thing that you go to is your elf bar. That shows you what your idol is. Like, I'm sorry, but you could have God first in your bio. You could have John 3.16 tattooed on your neck. You could have I love God written on your forehead, right? But we know that if you love God, you keep God's commandments. And God tells us that he is supposed to be first in our lives. So essentially, if you love God, to God, any other God, any other love 
but the love of keeping his commandments, that, that's ingenuine to him. Because that's what God classifies love as. To God, it's like, I know you say you love me, but do you really love me? The targeted audience for the next five minutes of this episode is 17 and up. So if you are under 15 and hooking up makes you uncomfortable, your discretion is advised. I'm going to give you an example. It's like you have a boyfriend, right? And, you know, he was he was low-key for those streets before. But then, but now, now, like, now he's cut. Like, now y'all are together. Um, and, you know, before he was like, yeah, like, you know, like, I'm down for having an open relationship. Um, but, like, I want you, like, I want you, I want you to be my girl, right? And you're like, actually, like, I'm sorry, but I don't feel comfortable with that. I want to have a close relationship because that's just, that's just what, like, I, that's what, that's what I need. And obviously, a man does not want to lose you. So, he, um, so he, he, so he's like, okay, yeah, um, like, I, I, like, I love you, and, you know, he does all the sweet stuff for you, like, he buys you the flowers, he makes you feel so loved, and, y'all, this is a worldly relationship, we already know, y'all, if he don't love God, tell him bye, if God isn't first in his life, we don't want it, okay, I'm sorry, it had to be said, this is just a worldly example, and if you're living in the world, God still loves you, but you gotta get you gotta get rid of that lukewarmness, okay? You gotta because God will spit you out of His mouth. I didn't think we were going there, but we're going just a little sidetrack. Now we're coming back. Anyway, so you tell you tell your man, let's just call him Jacob. You tell mm, Jacob. So you tell Jacob, and you're like Jacob, like, um, I just don't feel comfortable. Like, with you being in an open... Like, I don't feel comfortable with being in an open relationship. If you want to keep me, I got to be the only girl that you're seeing. I got to be the only girl that you're in a relationship with. And I don't even see it like that. Because you already know what the Bible says. Y'all got to be following what the Bible says. You already know we keep it biblical up in here. Okay? We don't make up our own rules. I'm just going to make that real clear because I know we're getting into this example. But you already know where I stand on everything. I stand with the, with the word of God, okay? Um, but so let's just say that Jacob, you're like, Jacob, like, I I need to know, you make me feel like I'm the only girl in the world, but I need to be the only girl for you, okay? Like, I, you cannot be seeing other woman. And let's just say that little Mr. Jacob is a sneaky little snake. And he says, yes. He's like, of course, babe. Like, yeah. Let's just call him, let's, let's call him Jake, actually. This is, yeah, let's call him. So, so Jake, Jake comes into agreement. Jake is like, yeah, I'm down. I'm down. And, and he agrees. He's, he's wholeheartedly too. I love you, babe. I love you, babe. I, 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 I totally will do anything for you. Honey boo. Ugh. Future husband, if you're listening to this, don't call me honey boo. That, that, that'll give me the big ick. That'll give me an ick. Uh-uh. Anyway, I love you, honey boo. Honey boo boo boo. Okay? Um, yes. I will not... I will not even look at another woman. Okay? And let's just say that Jake is doing all this sweet stuff for you. Right? But then, after you made it very clear and he agreed that you guys are in a close relationship, 
he thinks, oh, let me just ratify this without telling my girlfriend. And he goes, and he, like, cheats on you, essentially. He, 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 he takes your close relationship and, and makes it into an open one. It doesn't matter if he bought you flowers that morning. You, he is out of covenant. So you say, Jacob, if you love me, you would have kept my commandments. God feels the same way. God calls people with idols in their hearts. He, he, he considers them like Israel, an adulterous nation. But you need to repent for that. And sometimes we can have quote-unquote good idols too. Like we can idolize going to the gym. We can even idolize things like ministry. That's why, like, like the structure of a marriage, the first thing is supposed to be God. You're supposed to put God first, God above your husband, God above your wife, God above your kids, and then it's your spouse, and then it's your kids. That's the godly outline for marriage. I just want to highlight the secret to this. Because this, this might seem like a scary thing that God is asking us to do. But it really, this profound statement that he says really reveals how to not... He, in, this, in this one sentence, God reveals how to not live a lukewarm lifestyle. How to stop sinning. How to stop doing stuff that you know is displeasing the Lord. If you love me. And God led me to this verse, um, John fourteen fifteen, but in the Passion Translation, which says, Loving me empowers you to obey my commands. So in that simple statement, God shows us his love language, how he likes to be loved by us, and what he sees as, as a sacrificial love. Because he... You wonder how God loves you. Is isn't sending His only begotten Son to die in your, to die on the cross for your sins for God to love the world? That love is enough. I mean, besides that, if you read the Bible, it's literally just like I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you on every page. I love you, I love you, I love you. Even if it's how to build a tabernacle, it's still I love you, 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 I love you. And this first um, reminds me of Psalm twenty. 514 which says the lord is a friend to those who fear him he teaches him his covenant now this goes a very similar way with being a friend of god so psalm 2514 says the lord is a friend to those who fear him he teaches him he teaches them his covenant so you could be like, Jesus, like, I'm your friend. And he's like, um, I see the way you're living your life. And I don't think so. You're a fake friend. You have like, you have to admit it, y'all. And you ought to repent for this. But a lot of you might be fake friends to God. If you're still, if you're, li- if you're still partying, if you're doing stuff that you know God doesn't like, and you expect to be his friend. It's like, it doesn't work that way. God says, you might think that, but I don't feel that way. I still love you, but you're not.
I'm just going to leave you all with this. John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And that actually reminded me of this verse that says that if you are a friend to the world, you are an enemy to God. Period. Okay, now let's talk about idolatry again. So I know the Lord has put me in a place where I have been able to minister a lot of other people. And with that, as like the, like I know I went through a stage when I would idolize people and then I would see people idolize me. And I like, if you are in a place of authority, if you are in a place where you are ministering others, you need to constantly keep your pride in check. Because if people are idolizing you, the pride wants to say, oh yeah, I know I'm getting validated. Absolutely not. If God blessed you with a ministry role, you need to constantly be saying, God, God, less and less of me, more and more of you. God, please keep me low. God, please keep me humble. Because you will see there are a lot of people who need to be discipled. There are a lot of people who need help. And when these people come to you, you need to make sure that your mind is right. You need to make, you need to make sure that your heart is right so that you will be able to help these people. And it is essential when you're doing ministry to know that is God's hand on my ministry. And often it is, but also sometimes it isn't. And I will talk about that more another time. But you need to make sure that you are staying humble when anything good happens. Because sometimes you'll just see good things happening every, like, every 45 minutes. And you're like, what is going on? And every single time you need to give all of the glory to God because you would not be here without God. I know I would not be here without God. And we need to constantly be giving him the glory that he deserves. If someone says, wow, you're incredible. I can't, what you just said was so powerful. All glory to God. And it's not just with your mouth. It's in the spirit. You're, you're acknowledging God. When you give God the glory that he deserves, which is all of the glory, it does a couple of things. Number one, it stops you from like getting in your head and thinking that this is because of you and that you're so great when God is the great one. And then it also prevents people from idolizing you because people will come to you and be like, oh, wow, like, like Jacob, we're just using Jacob, <laughs> Jacob, um, like you, you know, like, 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 like you just spoke so prophetically. How did you know exactly? How did you know all of that? How is that so powerful? You got to be like, God, get God, God gave me this. God literally just spoke through me. And if, and God willing, God can use you in that way too. Like I've had instances where I just know like everything about someone like that's going on mentally and then I'll prophesy something over them that they've, that's, like, been their dream to do, but they haven't been able to do it. And they haven't had the courage to do it yet. Like, I'll just know something that no one could have ever known. And this happens all the time. But God told it to me, right? And literally, I know, like, it's not, I'm not just, like, such an awesome person that, you know, because I'm just so cool that God just decided to be like, hey, you know what? You're cool. Let me, let me give you this gift. No. 
God wanted to use me that way. He thought he saw I was fit and I sought the gift and he gave it to me. And so people were like, oh, you know, like Jacob, like, you know, like, wow, how did you know all of that? Like, well, first Corinthians 14, follow the way of love, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. So if you eagerly desire the gifts, God is faithful. God wants to use you. God will give that gift to you because we're supposed to eagerly desire it. And I'm going to make a whole different episode about pride and rejection. But for those of you who are dealing with rejection, I want to um, recommend a book for you guys called Destroying the Spirit of Rejection by John Eckhart. Really, 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 really good book. Um... But let me just say this really quickly. If you are dealing with pride and rejection and you are in ministry, whether you are responsible of two people or 2,000 people, you need to know that if you are dealing with pride, and re- with pride and rejection, you need to get rid of that. You need to fast that out. You need to pray that out. If you know about deliverance, you need to get deliverance from that because rejection and pride will make you comfortable with being idolized. I was just talking to someone um, who's in high school, and we were talking about, um, like, she was being left out by some other girls, and, like, she's like, yeah, like, my, my old best friend, like, she she would, like, I used to walk next to her, but, like, now I walk behind her, and, like, she doesn't even care. And, and I was thinking about that, and I was like, that, like, she struggles with, with rejection. I remember when I was in middle school and when I was like, and you know, when I was in high school, even elementary school, and it's like when you're the one in the middle and you're like, ooh, like my friends are fighting over me, like I'm so popular, like everyone wants to sit by me. Those feelings are rooted in rejection. And I asked her, I said, well, because you know, they used to be best friends. I said, how's her home life? Like, I said, she, I said, because she probably deals with rejection. And she said, oh, well, her parents just ignore her. And, like, her parents aren't good to her. And I was like, well, there you go. Rejection. So, if maybe you were rejected in the womb, your parents didn't want to have you. And that makes you feel rejected. That made you feel rejected. Maybe you were adopted, you know, and you felt rejected by your birth parents. Maybe, maybe, like, you know, somebody told you when you were a kid that, like, no one likes you. Nobody wants you. You're ugly. And that made you feel rejected. Maybe an ex broke up with you or cheated on you. And that made you feel rejected. Whatever it is and however it played out. Sometimes, and sometimes also rejection looks very different for different people. Some people put walls up. Some people, when they're rejected, they just go out and they party and they drown themselves. You know, a rejection... One of the biggest, most common things of rejection in the world right now is when you get broken up with your ex, you go and you find a rebound. That is not because you just want somebody else. That is because you feel rejected. I'm just calling this out right now because I remember when I, before God gave me my platform, when he delivered me from rejection, one of my best friends, my best friend was like, Amina, like, you know, you're dealing with rejection. I was like, what? No. Because in my head, when you're rejection, it's like a social reject in your email. Like, oh, like, like the whole, I'm the social reject. I eat lunch alone. I have my gray hoodie on and I have my dark makeup and nobody cares about me. Like, 
if you are in that situation, I'm not making fun of anyone in that situation. I'm just saying, that's what I associated rejection with. That's what I thought rejected means. Not, like, the, the, the pretty, like, the pretty girl who, like, is hooking up with every man on the block. I thought that was just, like, you know, I thought that was just, like, um, something else. Nah. That's rejection. And I have seen a lot of instances where these, like, women, their ex broke their heart. And then after that, they just cannot stay with the man. And they're just, like, they're, they're, you know how, like, people church hop their man hopping? Man to man to man to man to man to man to man. They can't settle because instead of dealing with the rejection that they're feeling, they're trying to fill that void with an outlet and get temporary satisfaction, right? And the thing is, we're all hungry for Jesus. If you're hungry for God, and you, if, if you're hungry and someone throws money at you, that's not going to make you fool. That's just going to give you more money. If you're hungry and then you go and sleep around, you're still going to be hungry because the only thing that you can do to fill that void of being hungry is to eat food. The only way that you can get rid of that rejection for good is when you come to Jesus and you ask him to get rid of it. And again, I'm going to do a lot more research. I've done research on rejection. I've read about it. But I want to continue to do more research. And I want to make an episode very, very soon about rejection. Because I believe that almost all of you, if you have not been delivered yet, have dealt with it in whatever way it looks like. Okay, so I'm just going to hit the pause button on rejection until our next episode. Um... But now, I want to talk about how to respect, admire, and listen to people without idolizing them. Okay, so I just want to tell you all about Barack, and my source for this is Desiring God. So, Barack was a hero of early Israel, serving during the pre-monarch period, when Deborah judged the nation, which was in Judges 4 um, to 5. And his great military feat was the complete rout of the Canaanite general, Sisera, and his army. However, in this process, you guys, he learned a very, the very important distinction between imitating and idolizing the faith of the leader that he respected. Hebrews 13.7 says, Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. And remember your leaders, side note. Your, your leaders, what they're speaking to you is always in alignment with the word of God. So, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. This also gives us a glimpse on what leaders are supposed to be like. Leaders are supposed to be faithful, right? And we're supposed to, biblically, you know, we're supposed to imitate the faith of our godly leaders, lowercase g, right? This is a biblical command, and we're, and we're supposed to submit to our leaders, right? Because they are faithful. So if you're a leader, you're supposed to be faithful. Um, and the leaders are, are supposed to be already have a good relationship with God, you know, you're obedient to God, you obey his word, you you trust him. And but it gets twisted when we become 
more dependent on our leaders than we do on God. It is so easy, especially when people don't hear from God, to fall into that trap of becoming more dependent on your leaders than God, than the Word of God. Often, I know, not only as a leader, but I I remember before when I didn't really hear God as much, um, I would go to prophetic people um, in my circle, and I and I would even be like people online too, um, like like ministers who I trusted, and I would just be like, and in person, um, I would be like, I just like I I would go to these people for everything, because I'm like, well, they're hearing from God, so instead of me seeking God, how about me? How about let me seek what God says to them. Instead of me getting my own plate and serving myself, why don't I go eat from their plate? Now, there is nothing wrong from seeking wise counsel. But again, when you are more dependent on these people, if you are seeking God, if you are seeking these people more than you're seeking God, and before you seek God, that is a big idolatry issue. And as leaders, it's our responsibility to identify when we see and when we feel and we hear from the Holy Spirit. Because often with leaders, the Holy Spirit will tell you if you hear from him, which you should. Um, he will tell you, you know, this person is not, they're coming to you. They're coming to you before they're coming to me. So it's your responsibility then um, if you are in direct contact with these people to be like, hey, like the Lord told me that you are just like not that you're seeking me before you seek God, and I love you, I'm always here for you, but I just want to let you know that, like, you need to you need to go to God first. So, and sometimes the devil is a liar, and he'll try to make you feel bad about that kind of stuff, but let me tell you this, you guys, like, as someone who has been that person telling people, you know, hey, and I've had people, and I've had people tell me, hey, you know, I know that it needs to be done. Because there is a big difference with imitating someone's faith and them being the object of your faith. Because then, that literally robs God of his righteous glory, of the glory that he deserves. It says, God is our rock, right? Not your leader. Your leader isn't your rock. Your pastor isn't your rock. Your best friend isn't your rock. Your elf bar isn't your rock. Your rock is is you a rock is a solid thing a rock doesn't move the rock stays the same right so wherever you go you know the rock will always stay the same the rock isn't going to turn to a cow another dangerous thing that we can do is when we know that for us something is wrong and then we see someone else do it like a leader and then automatically like oh well you know, I saw that Ashley did it. I saw that, that someone else did it. So that means it's okay for me to do it. God didn't say that. If God says, you know, like, you can't get a tattoo. And I'm not saying, I don't really know. I don't, I haven't formed an opinion about tattoos yet. So I'm not releasing a statement on that. But, like, if God tells you, I don't want you to get a tattoo. And then you're like, okay, well, you know, I trust Haley and Haley got a tattoo. Well, that doesn't matter because God told you that he doesn't want you to get a tattoo, so then you cannot get a tattoo. Just because it's okay for someone else does not mean that it's okay for you. We can get so impatient 
when we're waiting for the voice of God. And when God doesn't answer you immediately, you go running to a prophet or a prophet like they're just a prophet, a prophecy slot machine. And you ask them and it's like, but God doesn't want you to do that. What is like, like, do you not know that, that the word of God says to wait on the Lord? He wants you to wait on him. And sometimes being silent, his silent voice just means wait. Other times, his silent voice means that you need to draw near to him. And sometimes I've had to tell people, you know, I, I love you so much, but I can't tell you anything right now. I'm, the Lord is not permitting me to release anything to you because he wants you to wait on him. He wants you to draw near to him because it's like you're riding on the back of their boat. It's like you're riding on the back of their boat instead of trying to seek God because you're not always going to have those people. You're not always going to have those people. And you need to be able to develop your own relationship with God. It's like when you're a kid and they're, they're teaching you how to write. It's like, can you just do it for me? No. You need to learn on your own. You need to learn on your own. Okay, and I want to talk about the last form of idolatry for today. There's many more. I could This could be an hour-long episode easily. But there is a form of idolatry that is very common. Like, almost every person has it. Um, unless if you've been delivered from it or you have... The Lord has just given you a very bold spirit. But when there is a form of idolatry, when you fear people... More than you fear God. A lot of Christians are dealing with this. On fire Christians. I know I used to deal with this too. Okay, well, I can can hide behind the camera, but I'm not going to go preach out in public. No, we can't be doing that. You got to go where God tells you to to go. You got to go preach the gospel unto all men. You know? And... If God puts you in a situation and says, preach, and you don't preach, that is idolatry of man. That is fear of man, because your fear of God should be greater than your fear of man. I'm not saying that fear of man, period, is idolatry, but when you fear people's opinions more than you fear God, that is idolatry. Let me tell you guys this. Fear... That is going to the wrong source. Fear of the wrong source leads to faith in the wrong source. And faith in the wrong source leads to time and commitment. Eventually, you're worshiping the wrong source. And worshiping of the wrong source eventually leads to a life center with that wrong source at the center of it. And we know... When you fear men more than you fear God, that is worldly behavior. So, basically, fear of men can eventually lead to a worldly lifestyle. Also, another way of saying fear of men is people-pleasing. Y'all, let me tell you this. I do have a, I have a big testimony with people-pleasing. I people-please for 20 years. 20 years! 20 years of people pleasing! Do you know how exhausting that is? <laughs> Y'all people pleasers know 
how exhausting it is. And especially when you're trying to please multiple people at the same time, but their will doesn't line up. It's like, bruh, it is so exhausting. But you know what is not exhausting? Pleasing the Lord. Because when we please the Lord, his joy is our joy. Our joy is his joy as long as it's, you know, good. You're finding you're joy in him, right? The joy of the Lord is my strength. When you please God, he's happy with you. When you please man, you're idolizing them. Because the first commandment in the Ten Commandments, right? Though you, thou shall not have any gods before me. Let's say that in common English. Don't have any gods before me. Lowercase g. Anything you put before God becomes a God. If you guys could take away one thing from this episode, I pray that it would be that you will begin to, as it says in Colossians 1.18, put Christ first in everything. That doesn't mean that you have to remove everything else that you like, you know. And that doesn't mean that you have to only read the Bible But what that means is that God is first. God is first. You can still have a working lifestyle. You can still have friends. You can still play sports. You can still do all of that stuff with God first, as long as you're not doing something that contradicts the word of God, a.k.a. very sinful. You guys have a beautiful day. Have a beautiful week. Be blessed, not stressed. Bye-bye.